Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at dub.com. And we are live. Hey guys, this is Ruben from Dub's podcast, Connection Loop. I am on with Raquel Boras. And we're going to get into some topics that a lot of people are not comfortable talking about. They're just a little bit of taboo. Uh, Some people don't feel comfortable being this vulnerable, this transparent. We're going to talk about mental health, okay, which is a topic we should all be talking about a lot more. And we're going to be talking about how to be truly transparent on our path to personally brand ourselves. So we have Raquel, who's an expert on these subject matters. Let's just get right into it. What is the big, massive problem that that you're kind of seeing right now? Um, Vulnerability, transparency. Um, I think people are still really afraid to talk the truth, to speak the truth, Um, especially right now with everything going on. I think we should be talking about it. But if anything, um, there's still so much shame that goes behind telling someone that they're not doing okay, that they might be feeling sad or depressed or anxious because um, there's still you know, a lot of stigma around it. And this, but this is the time when we should, be, we should be sharing our stories and our struggles so that we can help each other. I think that's the thing is so many people think they're alone. They're not alone. Once they speak, they realize like, oh, shoot, everybody else is feeling the same thing. And then the conversation arises and then that's where the support comes in and the encouragement and, you know, inspiring one another. Mm. Yeah, sounds like it sounds like what you're saying is one of the biggest problems in our society is this question. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Yes. And not only how are you doing, but actually looking at someone when you're asking that question and then pausing so that they can actually answer. Because I think what happens too is we're so quick to say, hey, how are you? And we know they're going to say fine. So then we're ready to kind of continue <laughs> the conversation where I I really pause and I'm like, how are you? And I wait for mm. a little bit. And I think that pause kind of gives them permission to say more words than just fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> yeah. So that's it's really important right now. And to reach out to people because I think that's the other thing as well is there's so many of us that are at home alone. Um, I know I am, especially like I just celebrated a birthday on Saturday and everyone just assumed I was out celebrating. I was doing all I was home alone. No cake, no nothing, no birthday candle, um, self-quarantining because I just traveled. And um, lucky, lucky enough for social media, people knew it was my birthday. So I had plenty of birthday wishes and a lot of people reaching out to me, which was great. But had I hadn't had that, I think I really could have been like really sad and, and depressed yeah. in that moment. But I wasn't because I was fortunate enough to have so many people reach out to me. That's I think that's that right there is that's transparency and that's vulnerability of, you know, on our birthdays, what an important date for us <laughs> and, you know, what we're what we're around and what, what's going on. And that makes total sense to me. And I think that 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 dynamic has changed so much now because of, of kind of where we're at. But I, I applaud you for that. And, and happy belated birthday. I must say that to you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <it. laughs> yeah. Um, I. I have this this theory, and I'd like to kind of uh, I'd like to check it with you. So okay. my theory is that when people, if you ask someone how they're doing, and they say good, good, 
or if they say fine, fine, if they repeat the word, it means most definitely that they're not that word and also that they don't want to really answer with any more detail. So how are you doing? Good, good. That's basically saying, I don't want to talk about this anymore. And I had this lengthy conversation with with a friend about this and we kind of got really deep into it. But, you know, obviously I'm being a little tug in cheek here. And I think that the notion here is that some people don't want to be asked how they're doing, you know, and mm-hmm. they, they actually don't want to provide or divulge more information. They want to stop it at that at that level. And I think the reason why they want to do that is because they want to be private, number one. Number two is they, they don't want to divulge something because that's just not the flavor that they're in. Or number three, they're just may, maybe being really efficient and they don't want to spend too much time on the niceties, <laughs> you know? Um, they're like, I got shit to do. <laughs> I got stuff to do. Let's, let's go here. Exactly. So, you know, what is your, what is your take on people that, that don't have a problem being transparent, but they kind of want to end the conversation and move on to the, the business work as opposed to the niceties of the icebreaking, if you will? Um, you know, honestly, I try not to judge. I try not to be quick to just assume that maybe, you know, something's going on. I try to kind of honor what they want in that moment. So if they're not ready to talk or they just kind of want to, you know, brush it aside, then for whatever reason, they're just not in that space to open up. But I don't give up on it. I I do like to kind of still get them to open up. That's something that I kind of I, I like to challenge people when I talk to them. And it's funny because I don't know what it is, but by, by the end of most conversations, people are like, I just divulge things to you that I have never divulged to anybody else. And I don't know what happened, but I just am telling you these things. I have people that I've never met that tell me their deepest, darkest secrets. Hmm. Um, so there's, there's I, I tend to kind of get in there. So when someone's like, good, good, fine, fine, and wants to move on, I don't know. I don't, I, like I said, I honor it, but at the same time, I don't give up that quickly in that moment. Cause I feel like sometimes as you get further along that conversation and they maybe trust you a little bit more then they realize, you know, maybe I should start, you know, talking about how I'm actually feeling. Yeah. I I've realized that selling is, is, is the worst thing to selling is to not develop the relationship. It's to focus right. on the problem, the solution, the value proposition, that to me has been my my biggest failure in any type of business development or, or kind of sales capacity. And the other thing is that it's it's not as fun. You know, it's not as right. fun to be in this mindset where it's almost like a hunter mindset where my goal is just to convert someone. You know, for me, I've realized that if someone's interested in a product or service that I'm selling, that's great. If they're not, then it doesn't really matter because maybe I can do something with them. I can create some piece of content. We can have a conversation. And then from that, something else can come to fruition. But I think that requires faith. Yeah. I mean, I'm the opposite. I And, and that's a fault of mine. I don't know. Some people say it might not be, but I do think it's one of mine where I'm, I don't think about business at all when I mm. probably should be sometimes, you know, where at the end of it, people are like, where's your call to action? I was like, what do you mean call to action? Yeah, I'm like, because I'm not, when I talk to someone or I'm building a relationship, I really am not thinking about the business, to be honest. I really like people. I genuinely mm. love people. And that's just something that personal branding kind of came into fruition because of. It wasn't necessarily because 
you know, I thought, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to focus on personal brand because I'm really good at it. No, it was, it was the opposite. It was, I'm really good at building relationships and connecting with people. And through there, that's how that came about. And your title is the chief excitement officer <laughs> and founder, which is, I, that's the coolest title. Thank you. Well, I always <laughs> say that I'm excited. Yeah. A lot of my videos in the beginning, I'll be like, I'm so excited to share with you. And so one, I think I was in bed at like one, two in the morning, trying to come up with ideas of um, how to, you know, be different and stand out. And I thought, well, CEO, you know, I'm chief executive officer. I'm definitely not like some executive. And then it just came to me, the excitement part. And I thought that is perfect. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> And, and talk to me a little bit about, you know, personal branding and what you're seeing, how it's changed, how people at small companies, solopreneur situations, or even large companies can start to really think about personal branding. Yeah. So like I said, it, I kind of stumbled into it in the sense that I was already on social media. I was already being myself. I was putting me, myself out there pretty in you know, transparent, vulnerable way. And that's where people started taking notice mm. of what I was doing. And that's when I kind of realized, oh, that's, mm. I'm branding myself. Like, mm -hmm. because people are like, you realize you're a brand. I'm like, what do you mean I'm a brand? Um, and so just the more and more I thought about it, I realized like, okay, this, this could be something. And I'm very creative. So I'm creative with my own brand. And then I love being creative with other people. So when people talk to me about what they do, I automatically start thinking in my head, like, ooh, they could be doing this, or this is a great way for them to stand out. And it just all came, you know, into fruition just with my latest company, the last company I was with, they're the ones that said, hey, will you be our brand ambassador? Will you be, you know, will you promote our brand? Because you already have a brand. So they were pretty much the ones that that realized it and noticed it when I thought I was just being me and putting myself out there on social media. I didn't, I didn't look at it as a personal brand at the time. And it sounds like it was a little bit more natural for you. Whereas Very natural. Yeah, where I think a lot of people, it's actually the opposite. It's it's very unnatural, and yes. it's it's a concerted effort that they have to take. You know, they might have a phone with you know three hundred videos on it that have never seen the light of day, that they've never posted anywhere, but they <laughs> they wanted to get into that flow. You know, maybe they've done this stuff in front of the mirror, uh, but for some reason they have not been able to get over the finish line. Yeah, what is the what is the block to saying I'm going to start? I'm going to commit myself to personally brand myself. And that way, the investment can be a network, it can be people on LinkedIn, social channels. And if I'm selling stuff, maybe there's opportunities or even down the line, I have just more pathways to opportunities through a network. Right. Yeah, no, it's it's all up here. It's, it's, we overthink things. You know, I tell people all the time that I'm, it's not so much a consultant, but like a therapist <laughs> at times yeah. because it is getting over this fear of what are people going to think about me? How am I going to be judged? What are people are mean? What if they say something negative about me? What if I mess up? What if it's not perfect? You know, we get into our heads. And so we're the ones that are stopping ourselves from, from doing it. And so that's why I love what I do because I am a natural kind of cheerleader and I do like to, you know, inspire and encourage. And so for me to, when I work with a client, it really is about getting their confidence up and about, you know, having them understand that it's okay. Like sometimes I do videos and I mess up and I put bloopers up. I'll do blooper yeah. reels a lot of times every now and then right. to just kind of be like, Hey guys, I mess up all the time too. You guys might think that I'm super natural on a video, but you didn't see the 100 takes before then. So let me show you. 
you know right. what I mean? Uh, and so that's that's key is just knowing that it's not going to come out perfect the first time and it's going to be trial and error. And you're going to have to figure out what resonates with your with your audience, with your clients, because it took me several years to figure out, you know, my network, what they like to see now. I, I know them really well, and I trust that whatever I put out there, they're going to take it in a great way, way and they're going to encourage me as well. Um, so there's a lot of trust that is involved with with who you're working with and uh, and you know your following and so forth. I love I love how you said that. I I completely agree with you, and I think that I would add to that that there's this paradox that happens, which is that the more vulnerable we are the more we can connect to other people and the more they will trust us and as a result, connect to us. Mm -hmm. And by having that sense of vulnerability, it kind of opens us up, right? But so many of us want to not be vulnerable because we want to protect ourselves, our mental health, you know, from things like judgment, from things like exposing a failure, you know, having to pivot on some plan or some change. So unfortunately, it's such a big missed opportunity for us just to lean into our vulnerability um, because of those fears. And it's something I think about. What is what is your take on that? Um, I love what you just said. It's a missed opportunity. So I grew up in a household where we didn't really show emotion. You can ask my mom how many times she's seen me cry in the 45 years that I've been on this earth, and she'll probably tell you less than five times. Mm. Okay, so and for someone who's extremely transparent, vulnerable, I still don't let people see me cry. Um, so I grew up where vulnerability was a weakness, where you don't share what you're feeling, all of that. I was a perfectionist, very OCD, all of that. And so it wasn't until I actually was transparent, vulnerable that I realized like, oh, my gosh, this is where the breakthrough lies is where you actually are just opening up. And so I'm grateful that I realized that because had I not, who knows where I, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. I will tell you this for a fact. I would not be here if it weren't for the fact about me opening up about my mental health past, like my issues in the past about, you know, just what I go through about, you know, the struggles, you know, starting a business before COVID, you know, I've been through a divorce, um, you know, all of that. And um, I'm so grateful that, that for whatever reason, I, one day, I guess, had a light bulb moment, decided like, you know what, I'm going to do the complete opposite of what I was doing before. <laughs> and I'm so happy I did because it is very liberating. And that's why I tell people all the time that I do what I do, because it's a great feeling to be able to put yourself out there as you and just own it and be like, this is me, take it or leave it. There's something so freeing about that feeling. And I want everyone else to have that feeling. I don't, you know, nobody wants to feel insecure all the time or anxious or, you know, fearful, you know, we're all going to feel those, but to feel those all the time, like that's no fun. <laughs> like there's, you should have those moments where you're like, this is me <laughs> and I love well, me. <laughs> well, you know, you know what I think happens if people don't do that, which I kind of realized while you were saying that is that we are essentially the guilty party here for our own mental health for some things, not all things, but right. for some things, if we're not opening ourselves up, if we're not, you know, sending and receiving love in certain ways that we need to, um, if we're too self-critical and we're too hard on ourselves, then what we're doing effectively on a long-term basis is just fueling this idea 
of we are not good enough. And for whatever trauma that we have from our childhood, from our upbringing, from whatever personal relationships or business relationships that we've had in our life, that those things, those ideas of oppression are and should be our reality, which is the farthest thing from the truth, you know? Right. And that that is the unlock of how do I maintain mental health in an effort to build my career and build myself and my confidence and my brand? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just, as I get older, I mean, I just turned 45 and, you know, I, I grew up in a household where my dad was, my dad's Jewish, my mom's Catholic, but mm -hmm. my dad also, um, you know, is big in Buddhism and Carl Jung. And there's just like, I just grew up with a lot of wisdom and insight. And, you know, as I, like I said, as I get older, I just realize the mind is so powerful and my, your mindset is extremely powerful. And so I choose to try to fill my mind with positivity, with, with things that make me happy. You know, yes, we're all going to suffer at times and yes, we're going to have our moments, but if we can experience that moment, you know, kind of sit with that emotion, that feeling, accept it, be like, okay, it's okay that I feel sad right now, but be like, you know what? I'm not going to be victim to it and I'm going to move forward and I'm going to move on. And I've learned to do that. And ever since I've been able to do that, it's, it's, I'm, it literally has changed my life. And, you know, it, it's hard because I have a sibling who suffers from, from mental illness. He's major depression, deals with a lot, but he still has this kind of victim mentality. And he still has this thing of like, woe is me. And, and, and it's hard because I, I just, I don't, I feel playing the victim to me is just, it's just not a good place to be. And it's hard because I'm on a different you know, path and he's still kind of like on the same one that he was years ago. And it's, and it's hard because there are so many people that still struggle with that. So I can sit here and say like, Oh, la di da, I was able to one day, you know, think positive and change my mindset. But I, I truly understand that it's not easy for everybody. Um, but that's one's journey too. You know, everyone has a different journey. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I, I, that's where like the comparison game comes in too. We're like, oh, well, that person is doing this. And, and that's another thing too, where it's like, we can't compare ourselves with each other in that way either, because everyone's path and journey is, is theirs per, mm. in particular. So, um, so just like, for instance, with my brother, I try not to judge that. I try to just help and support, um, but I get it. It's a struggle for some. Well, I think I think uh, one of the key things with this is this idea of self being self-aware, but then also being out of your body. You know, if you look at your current situation from an out of body experience and you can be up here from a bird's eye perspective and look down at yourself and say, this is me. This is the situation I am. This is the conflict that I'm trying to address. And this is potentially what I'm going to look like in a week from now or in three days from now. And it's either going to be one of two things. It's going to be me in this existing state or me in a different state where I decided to overcome this. And I decided right. to, you know, continue to walk through hell to get to the other side. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think it's important to take that step back because when you're in the moment, we, we have to be present. We have to be in the moment. But if we're too in the moment from a negative perspective, then it's hard to see the light. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Cause you know, we all talk about being present and in the moment. Yes. But yeah, but if, if in that moment it's all very negative and very dark, then you do have to somehow figure out tools and skills and ways to, to get it out of that in that <laughs> and be able to move forward. Um, it's, it's all a lot of work. I'm not going to sit here and lie and say it, you know, was overnight. It took years, decades <laughs> to well, get where I'm at. <laughs> do you believe in this, in this statement? Everything happens for a reason. I do. Mm. Absolutely. Um, even right now, the universe is working in very funny ways right now. Cause I do want to move back to California and it's funny how putting it out there in the universe the universe is like, okay, you know what? I'm listening. I'm hearing you and I'm going to, you know, make things happen. And I, and I do believe in all of that, like what you put out there. That's why for me, I do make it a point to put out positive vibes and to, you know, be kind and compassionate because, you know, if I can put that out there, those vibrations, <laughs> you know, I'm hoping that they're, you know, hitting other people. And the, and if I inspire someone or if I'm kind and that person's like, you know what, Raquel was being so kind to me today, I'm going to make it a point to be kind to someone else or be positive. Then it's just, I tell people all the time, it's like, you know, ripple effect. And if I mm -hmm. can cause a really cool ripple effect of positivity, then why not? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's better than the alternative of creating negativity and, you know, hatred and all of that other stuff. Like I, I'd rather do <laughs> I'd rather be like, yo. <laughs> that's that's the meaning of life to me. The meaning of life is to have purpose and help other people, right? Absolutely. So, um, you know, it's funny because someone was asking me about my personal brand and like, how do you, you know, not be so salesy? I go, because I don't, my brand isn't about selling what I do. My brand is about being positive, trying to make people laugh, try to encourage, inspire, all of that. That is bottom line, my brand. Like I tell people that my legacy, I want it to be where, wow, she really like made it a point to be kind and help others and, and, you know, be generous with her time. Um, that's, that's what I want to leave behind. Screw the like, oh, she was really successful in her business. That to me at the end of the day, doesn't drive me. <laughs> Isn't that true? I mean, at the end of the day, that's not what's going to be in the, in the eulogy. <laughs> <laughs> She made this amount of money in 2020. No, it's going to be like, you know what? She inspired this person to do that, or she was a really good mom, or she was a good friend, or a good daughter, or a good ex-wife. I try to, I'm a good ex-wife. We'll have to, right. I do have to admit. Um, yeah. yeah, those are the type of things that I want people to say about me, my eulogy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I guess, I guess it's funny because Sometimes you do have to talk about death when you want to talk about true positivity. <laughs> well, no, but it, it's true because that's essentially how I live my life. And, and I tell, you know, people it's morbid, but it is like, okay, if something happened to me tomorrow, what do I want people to remember me as? And what do I want them to say about me at, at my, at my wake or my funeral, whatever it's going to be like, that's what I care about. And so I'm like, okay, well then that's how I have to live each day. Mm-hmm. And then what would you say is, is your kind of sweet spot for a, a clientele? Like who, who is it that really connects to you? Is it people in the loan industry? Is it on the enterprise business side? Well, a lot of people know me in the mortgage industry, just being that I was in it for a good six years. So I do have a lot of real estate agents and loan officers reach out to me. But I also love small business owners because those are the ones that you know, like me are really passionate about something and that's why they started their business. So I, so for me, it's really important that that person is showcasing why they did what they did, who they are. 
because that's essentially their story. That's what's going to connect their client with them is their purpose. Like Simon Sinek says, it's the why behind it, not the, you know, what is it? Or it's the, the why, not, the, not yeah. the what. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so that's like, that's the fun part is getting people to, um, to kind of open up and share their story behind their business. Because I think not enough people share that with folks. I don't know why, or they don't share like how they failed like 10 million times before they were able to start it. And now look at how they're successful. They're quick to just talk about the successes. I'm like, no, no, no. Talk about the fact that you failed like five times and that you tried to start a business several times and it didn't work. Like that's what we want to hear. Not because it's like, oh, you failed. It's because we connect with that because we, most of us do fail. Sorry. Right. <laughs> You know, right. it's inevitable. Some you're going to fail at some point in your life, and if you right. don't, then you're not trying. Either you're, yeah, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right? How true is that? And yeah. what would you what would you say the the kind of the biggest block is um, for for folks that want to start to really kick off a personal branding effort? Would you say that it's it's mental health, it's confidence issues, it's it's not prioritizing. It's that, and it's also the fact that we're in this, we have this, grati you know, instant gratification. So people think that they need mm. to put up a video, needs to go viral. And if they only get a few likes or a few views, then they're then oh, it's like, see, nobody liked it. Nobody cares. It's no, it's consistency. It's you got to be patient. It takes time. Like I tell people I'm a dinosaur on LinkedIn, for instance. With LinkedIn, uh, so many people forget that I've been on there for almost seven years and have been like slow and steady. I didn't do any tricks of the trade. I didn't, you know, back then there weren't, you know, all these things that you could do to beat the algorithms and so forth. Now there's so many tricks that you can do when you get on so that when someone, you know, within six months could get the a huge following, a huge presence, but it wasn't always like that. So I tell people all the time, like it takes time, but you got to just keep with it because unfortunately so many people are so quick to give up because they don't see the results right away. And we all know with marketing and branding, that's like the first, you know, budget that goes when I think that's the first one that should be implemented is the marketing branding and it's and with the mindset of this is going to take some time mm. and what is and what is that time commitment that you would say is is realistic in terms of how much time do i have to spend on a weekly basis working on my personal branding it shouldn't be work it should be fun well i'll throw that in and then secondly <laughs> is when when will i see an roi if, if people are focused like that um what, what's the insight that you might provide them? I mean, it's it's different in every industry because, for instance, a loan officer or a real estate agent could put up a video and who's to say that someone happened to see it and really connected with that person and they got a phone call and they got a client right then and there, right? And then there's other businesses where it's going to take some time for that person to really trust what you're selling or, and, or trust you. Uh, but like I said, there's some people that I've had get on LinkedIn and within six months, like I had a client and he got on LinkedIn for the very first time in December and he was really consistent. He put out an ebook. He was engaging with other people's content. He was putting out valuable content. I mean, he was putting out a lot of information in his industry and within six months he did so well. I'm so proud of him, but that's because he actually put the time and energy and every day he set aside time during his day to focus on, on LinkedIn. And so that's why I tell people like, you know how people love to time block, or at least they try to um, time block time for, you know, for your social media. 
And you'd be surprised, even if it's like, even if you're on Instagram and you just do a couple Instagram stories, you you know, it's, it's just keeping top of mind. And I don't know what the scientific study is, but I know that they say like, if you see someone four times, you whatever, if once you see them six, then, and then at the pump, some point you th they think that you're like family or they know you really well. I mean, yeah, just like, the yeah, paras parasocial relationship, right? Yeah. So it's the same thing with, with us. Like people, like a lot of people think that they know me really well because they see me on social media every day. And so that's the best part though. Cause when they reach out to me, it's like an automatic uh, like way to connect, like all the kind of, uh, the formalities go out the window when I, right. when people reach out to me because they reach out to me in a way where, yeah, they feel like I'm just a friend. <clears throat> So bypasses a lot of the fluff, if you will. Right. <laughs> well, well, I mean, I think that that, you know, back to this idea of this of this paradox of being salesy is not good for selling, but focusing on education and relationships and having fun and, and personal branding ultimately is, is what wins at the end of the day. Yeah. And I mean, you can have a call to action. Like I'm more actually working on a call to action for my videos. I have a friend who's going to, who's being generous enough to do it because he's like, Raquel, you should have something at least to remind people that this is your business. And so I'm going to actually be a, a coach on a social media app that's coming out next month. So he's doing, he's going to do a call to action so that every video I do, it pops up. So if people want to work with me or want to be coached by me or prompted, you know, with content, um, they can go to this app. And so he's he's connecting the landing page to it and everything, which is great. So it's a way to do it like subliminally <laughs> as right. opposed to me, you know, trying to to sell my services. <laughs> nice. We we think about the call to action constantly. You know, I agree with what you're saying where it needs to be it can't it shouldn't necessarily always be something where the individual is is pushing at it. It should just right. be something where it's an option for the end viewer, yes. you know, the prospect, the consumer, whoever the contact, for them to just choose your own adventure and, and have that. Yeah. Click on a button. Yeah, like if you like what you see or if you think that, you know, that you connect with that person, then yeah, give them the opportunity to do it as opposed to you pushing it on them. Nobody wants to be pushed on, you know, especially with LinkedIn, like that's a big thing that's going on around right now is like all these like spammy messages that as soon mm -hmm. as you connect with someone, you automatically get that, you know, canned message selling their service. And most people block that person right away because they're like, really? We just connected. You didn't even ask me like how I'm doing and already <laughs> you're trying to sell me something. It, right. and, but it does work for some people. There are some people out there that it's worked enough to where they're like, I'm still doing it as much as it might annoy people, annoy people. I'm still getting, you know, a few clients here and there from it. So really to each his own on that. <laughs> I personally totally. don't like it, but. <laughs> right. Well, I, I think, I think you're in the, in the majority. I tend to agree. Yeah, with I you. think so too. <laughs> the the I only think. times that I think that I've been a quick conversion from a cold message on email or, or, you know, LinkedIn is, is if I am, if I have some very specific need, struggling to get something accomplished, and then there's some some sort of a, I don't know, a guarantee, you know, it's like this. Uh, the stars have to align perfectly, and and it has to just be this instant kind of trust mindset. But it, it's so hard. It's so hard for that to occur, you know. Yeah, no. Because of trust. I, I mean, it's trust. At the end of the day, it's trust. It's like you know. No, you don't know and, who, and, yeah. 
And that's what I tell people too, that if you're just getting on social media, remember you have to respect your audience so that they can respect you. So when you put yourself out there, yes, I've been very vulnerable and I've talked about the fact that I attempted suicide when I was at UCLA. I mean, I'm very open about that, but it took time for me to get to that place because I really needed to trust the people I was telling. And, Mm -hmm. and so by the time I did share my story, I had so much support it was amazing. It was the opposite of what I thought. Um, it was overwhelming in such a good way, but it's because I respected them enough to know like, Hey guys, like we've gotten to know each other pretty well now. So now I'm going to start really sharing things with you because I trust you. Right. And, and they appreciate that. Believe me, uh, you know, I know I appreciate that from other people that I follow. If they're willing to really kind of open up in a certain way, I'm like, you know what? Thank you. Thank yeah. you for, for showing us your, that your human side too. Well, isn't that, isn't that the key to vulnerability? It's, it's, it's that contract. It's that mutual trust. Yes. You know, and I think that's really important. So where can, where can people connect with you? LinkedIn, it sounds like that's your home. Yes, um, that's my home. But I am trying to gain a little bit more presence on Instagram. My Instagram's kind of funny, actually. I mean, not that my LinkedIn isn't, believe me. I just put a dancing compilation of me for my birthday on, on Saturday. But um, I, I put some kind of, you know, funny stuff on, on my Instagram because I am, like I said, very creative, artistic. I'm funny. So I'm allowed to kind of show that side of me on Instagram. Uh, so I'm on there, just Raquel. I think it's underscore Boris. And then I'm on Facebook, which I'm, I'm not that great on Facebook, to be honest, but you know, they, I, I yeah, <laughs> that's a whole other one. <laughs> <That's, laughs> LinkedIn and Instagram are pretty much my two biggest platforms right now. That's cool. And then uh, kind of a closing, closing comment for you. So your take on being way more casual on social media, you know, you mentioned dancing on Instagram, you know, when we're kind of grown ups and we're, we got business stuff going on, how okay is it? for us to show that side. <laughs> Sounds like you're a believer, but how can you get, maybe a better question is, how can you encourage people to show more of that side? You know, dancing, having fun, being um, that inner, inner child. That's why I do it, because I feel like if they see me doing it and I'm okay with it and I get a really good response from it, then people are like, okay, because even on Saturday I've, for my birthday post, I've had more than 20,000 views of me dancing and it's not, great dancing like these are it's it's a compilation of me like in my sweats with bun like being super goofy dancing to baby shark you know all it's it's very humiliating but i do it also with the point of hey i need to walk the walk if i'm telling you to be able to be who you are and be true to you then i have to be true to myself too so that's why i do that but i mix it up with business too believe me if it were all just goofiness i don't think i would have as much people wouldn't take me as seriously as they do. Like, I'm very lucky that I can be goofy, I can be myself, but I'm also taken seriously. But it's because I feel like I there's a good balance there. And so that's why I tell people it's it's a fine line of, of doing both. And once you get it and you are in that little sweet spot, you're golden. And I lucked out where after years, I finally found my sweet spot. <laughs> Nice. Cool. Well, I look forward personally to seeing you uh, appear more in my LinkedIn feed. And I can't wait to see some of your future content. And I can't wait to see you dancing more on LinkedIn. <laughs> I don't know. You might regret saying that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I've, I've, seen, I've seen you dance on LinkedIn. And I give, I give you two thumbs up. <laughs> two. <laughs>
<laughs> Yay. <laughs> <laughs> and that's and that's coming from a, a Trojan to a Bruin. So <laughs> Yes, I know people out there UCLA and USC. So the fact that we're even collaborating here is huge. <laughs> I I will feel so happy if if one day my son gets into UCLA. Uh, yes, so I can. Help I, I, I would not be able to get into UCLA today. That's for sure. If I applied today, it's crazy. Oh my goodness, it is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, Raquel, thank you so much. Thank you. See you.